Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you reviews of the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or a foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes and let's dive into the world of film and television together. On today's episode, I am talking about a film that will be coming out very soon in a, in a couple weeks, I believe. Uh, this movie is called The Bad Shepherd. Like I said, it's coming out this year, 2024. This is directed by Gio Santina, Santini, my apologies, Gio Santini, and is written by Ryan David Jan, uh, Jean, maybe. Uh, this one also starring Gio Santina, San Santini. I don't know why I want to keep saying Santina. Gio Santini, uh, as well as many other actors uh, that are, are doing very interesting things in this movie, uh, which this movie is it's a group of friends on a hunting trip accidentally run over a woman carrying a bag of money. Who can't relate to that little tidbit that scenario who hasn't gone hunting and just accidentally run over a woman who's carrying a bag of money but this is one of those <sighs> their loyalty is put to the test when a strange man comes a knocking uh overall this movie is the reason this is an example of why i watch movies all the way through uh, if I'm already invested in it, even if I'm not enjoying it, there's a possibility that somehow, somehow, this movie is going to turn it all around in the end. And I got to say, it's rare. It's rare when a movie does that, right? Maybe it's not, you're really not into it at first, and then at the end, completely flips the script and becomes something you really enjoyed. It recontextualizes anything. It's it's a magical thing. It really is magic. Uh, when you're watching a movie that you're really not into, and then all of a sudden, the end of it, and you're like, oh, I am so into. Uh, it's very magical. And, you know, I love that twist that recontextualizes everything in a way that just kind of elevates everything as well. You know, this movie did it in a great way that saved the movie in my opinion uh so i would recommend this movie because of that i would recommend i mean it's not a horrible movie but it became so much more of a movie that i enjoyed in the end uh and i think it's you know i think going on the ride makes it all worth it i would say it's not even a long ride it's like a 90 minute movie uh, so I'd recommend this movie for sure. Uh, it's not a perfect film, but it takes a big swing. And for me, that swing hit. And uh, I'm very thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I enjoyed I enjoyed that uh, in the end, I, I enjoyed this movie. Because, you know, why watch a movie if you don't enjoy it? So that's uh, what I did, thankfully. Because <laughs> I got to say, you know, I had problems. This, this review... I'm going to have, I'm going to be talking about, there's going to be a lot of negativity in this review. 
There's going to be a lot. And while listening to this review, you know, just keep in mind, this movie has magic in it. And uh, I appreciate that. We'll get back to the show after the short message. Are you a true fan of the Ray Taylor show? Do you crave more content, more insight, more of everything that makes this show great? Then Inspire Disorder Plus is exactly what you need. For only $5 a month, transform your listening and viewing experience into something extraordinary. No more waiting, no more ads. Enjoy the full week of episodes of The Ray Taylor Show in both audio and video formats, completely ad-free. But that is just the beginning. You'll get exclusive early access to the Many Faces series. You can dive into our extensive live painting archive. You can enjoy special deals and discounts that are only available to our members. The perks don't just stop there. Delve into an extensive back catalog of over 14 podcasts with over 618 episodes. Get posted, get personal posts from Ray Taylor through his blog. That's my blog. That's me. You can expand your horizons with my creative writing section and participate in an Ask Me Anything section where your questions bring life to our community. Ready to step up your game? Visit InspireDisorder.com plus and join our exclusive club. It's not just content. It's an experience. See you on the plus side. Now let's get back to the show. So this was another movie that I received a screener for. I'm very thankful to be receiving screeners now. If anybody else is a publicist, I believe is the are the people that reach out to me. But uh, if you want if you want me to review a movie that uh, you're trying to get people to talk about, uh, I would love it because any opportunity to get to see a movie before it's released. It's a weird, like, it's still new, so it's like, yeah, I want to see this movie that I've never heard of that, you know, is, they're, they're not the big budget movies that are coming out. I love independent films, uh, and this movie has that kind of independent vibe where it's like, you know, a lot of aspects of the filmmaking in an independent film may not be at the highest caliber, most likely will not be at the highest caliber, caliber because it's you know low budget independent uh you know dealing with a lot of people that are kind of doing a thing for the first time or first few times uh and the writing the story itself can really elevate an independent film in a way uh that you don't get from a, a major blockbuster film you know uh so i enjoy when i get an email with an opportunity to watch a screener for a film that's not out yet. I'm all in. I was all in on this one. I knew very little going into the movie. Of course, I am given information about the movie, synopsis, trailer, all of those things. But I try to avoid, for anybody that listens to the show, you know, I try to avoid trailers. I try to avoid, especially if it's, you know, in movies like this, maybe I will at least see if it's something that I'd be interested in. 
but like if there's a movie that I'm looking forward to watching, it's either a director or, you know, based on something that I'm excited to see then, you know, or a performance I'm excited to see from an actor, you know, I don't need anything. If I'm already intrigued in going to see a movie, I will avoid everything. Um, but sometimes with a movie that's unknown, you know, taking a little bit, I think I read like a few sentences of the, uh, of the description of this movie, but I knew very little going into as this movie, as I prefer to do. Uh, and so far with these screeners that I've gotten, there's been some, at least more wins than losses. Let's put it that way. Uh, and even the losses weren't horror movies. I've not regretted my time spending watching movies uh, that I've received screeners for. Let's put it that way. Um, uh, you know, there isn't much to be happy about when, you know, you get to see a bad or just a mediocre movie early on. It's not really, it's not, not something go brag to your parent, your parents, uh, bra brag to people that don't exist anymore, brag to your friends about, uh, you know, Hey, guess what? <laughs> guess what movie I got to see early. Uh, so I, I'm always hopeful. I'm always looking for that kind of, uh, that, uh, diamond in the rough as it were. Right, that Aladdin pre-Genie, you know, that diamond in the rough that I'd be like, man, I hope people get into this movie. Um, and there's definitely been some some aspects of that that I, that I do appreciate. Uh, this movie, you know, like I said, independent movies, always rough around the edges. I had issues with the directing and the performances in this movie. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it didn't ruin the movie, but definitely could have been better. And I'll get into detail on that in spoilers. Uh, mostly the acting I thought was kind of the, the, uh, the weakest part. Some of the acting of, of these performers. And I don't know if that was like intentional. It could be intentional. Uh, but, uh, you know, for me, it was noticeable, but like I said, the premise, the story, those are the things that I really focus on in an independent film, right? Like if you have a really good idea, an interesting idea for a movie, and you're cobbling it together with whatever funding you can get and actors that are willing to do it for whatever you're able to pay, like you're scraping things together. And, you know, it's tough. It's a tough thing to like, for everything to come together perfectly. Uh, that is very rare. But, uh, you know, doesn't mean I don't have my criticisms. And, uh, you know, there, you know, there. as this movie went along, there are moments that I thought weren't too bad, you know. But then there's also some where that were kind of bad in a way that made me almost wish this movie leaned into those moments more in a way that could have made this movie I mean this is in no way a dark comedy but if they had leaned into some of the things I had issues with in this movie it could have transitioned very nicely into a dark comedy uh, which I also love <laughs> you know so taking a step from thriller to dark comedy for me you know, is not a big step. And uh, I think it would have added an interesting layer to it. But no dark comedy in this one. 
you know, just a lot of characters, which is common in thrillers and horror movies. Uh, but this one was just like a very unique flavor of this this thing that you see in those those genre films. Uh, but just kind of people being dumb, <laughs> doing like very dumb things, making dumb assumptions and, you know, doing dumb things, you know, which works in a dark comedy. You can play that off very easily in a dark comedy and in a situation like the people that are in this movie are in. You know, people in general make dumb decisions anyway, so it's like, it's not something that really took me out, but it was definitely noticeable. Uh, you know, it, which, for a gr grounded thriller, it, it doesn't, it's, it's, it's not played off in a way that's makes me buy it as a gr grounded take of people just making the wrong decisions in the moment. And doesn't lean into something that's more interesting that I like. But it's, you know, small issue. Whatever. The premise of this movie where a group of friends kind of uh, all being a part of killing somebody. And then also finding this large amount of money. It's definitely a moral type of uh, a movie. Right? You're exploring morality. And seeing what this group of friends do put in this very, very specific and unique situation, uh, especially in a world of capitalism, because <laughs> money really changes things, especially in America, where it's like, you know, the thing that is so rare for people to receive through their employment <laughs> that when you find a big bag of it it can really change the dynamics of a a friendly hunting expedition uh you know greed and trust are at odds in this movie you have the paranoia that kicks in when you stop trusting the people you previously considered friends uh, and maybe that contributes to the bad decisions and maybe, you know, actions of these people. Maybe. Uh, I do like the Descent into Madness movies as well. Those are always an interesting uh, time to see somebody spiral mentally out of control. And you get a bit of that in this, uh, you know, this kind of that idea of like this cancer eating away the bonds that these characters have from the inside. And some of that I think was handled well in this movie. My biggest issue is the acting. As I said before, these characters are kind of lifeless. Many of them for the most part, one specific, I don't want to, you know, single out certain actors. If you watch this, I'm sure you'll know. And again, it could just be the choice. I don't know. But they seem lifeless. They, you know, they're supposed to be a group of friends. I never felt like they were friends at all. Uh, I don't buy that they have any history together, really, uh, let alone know each other that well. Like, that's what it, it kind of feels like in this movie. And again, we do find out in this movie that they were like, they kind of work together. So it could have been in a work environment. You really don't know people like they're work friends. But if you say that in the script, it's like, oh, we're work friends. And you, we understand like there could have been some kind of 
just we don't get to know these characters at all and we don't really get to like we don't feel their what kinds of relationships they have with each other um you just kind of introduced to them and it they feel empty they just feel they don't have character to them one of them does another actor in this movie has character but the friend group is uh i don't know it just felt really flat <laughs> like one guy who's got like the amazing chin like just looks like he's like he looks like a model he's very good at like brushing his hair off of his face and looking serious um but he didn't look like he was friends with anybody <laughs> you know uh but there are a couple characters that i feel right that feel kind of these characters that kind of at least feel lived in to some extent they feel like re like they're doing something uh one is this outsider that comes for the money that comes a knocking named sydney i thought who was also the director um i thought he was doing something like that was by far the most interesting character in this movie um definitely taking some swings like just not playing it normal which i would imagine as the director star it's kind of what he was doing and maybe their performances being more flat are meant to sh provide some contrast to what he's doing with his character maybe right uh which is not a perfect character necessarily but you know more Definitely more than everybody else is doing for the most part in this film. And then there's the other one, the one person in the friend group, I would say, kind of Leonard to an extent. But John is kind of the guy that's just kind of spiraling. Uh, it's played by Scotty Tover, or Tovar, uh, that's kind of a little descent into madness in this movie. Um but he's doing something that's that's kind of interesting as well. Uh, but the other ones are kind of a <laughs> little, little flat and lifeless. But the whole time I'm watching this, this movie, I'm thinking, uh, I would have loved this movie, you know, as I said in a previous interview about an upcoming thriller. Like, this would have been my jam back in, like, my teens, early 20s, renting it from, like, blockbuster it's got an interesting cover on it it's like ooh, let's check this movie out uh i i can see like really enjoying this movie in my my teens and 20s um for like the bulk of the the first part before there's the swing before i realize that this movie is elevated past what my initial thoughts are my initial thoughts are like like yeah this would be my jam even though like critical me in my 40s I'm talking shit about all these actors and their performances. But, you know, rewind time a bit and uh, I'm all in. I'm all in. So it's uh, I'm still because of that, because it's a movie that like at least at a time of my life, this is like I mean, it's a genre that I enjoy. Uh, it's uh, I'm in. I'm I'm in enough. Let's put it that way. Like I'm not put off where i'm like regretting my time watching this um but like the whole time i'm like not really impressed necessarily with the ride that i'm on 
kind of just hoping that in like I'm I'm hoping like this is a kind of movie where the ending is going to to add a lot to what's going on like how do things end up for this group of friends like that's the important thing the ride there is just is interesting to see how everything deteriorates but like that end moment is what you're looking for and i had no idea what the end moment was going to be in this movie but i'm just hoping for something satisfying and it was far more than satisfying i would say uh you know the the end of this film it was uh just far more than I, anything i expected um and it, it so much like the end is so impactful that when it happens and like out of nowhere it almost feels unearned like it's like like was any of this set up at all is just like this coming out of nowhere and then you see these very kind of moments the moments that kind of point to what uh get happen you don't when you're watching it you don't think anything of those moments necessarily well one moment you're kind of like that's weird but you know the rest of it is just kind of the character is just kind of weird the character which is I, that why not why enjoy this character sydney kind of weird and it plays into those weird moments of like oh he's just weird but the end you know kind of forces you to take a step back and like kind of rethink of everything you've just seen in a way that takes you know the focus completely off <laughs> the performances and the writing necessarily right it's a big swing that made me enjoy this movie and you know it was just so mind-altering that it elevated the bulk of the movie as much as it made me not care you know it just i mean it erased the issues i had leading up to that that uh, the way this movie ends and uh it's is a magical moment it was a magical moment the end of this movie and uh, i appreciated it for sure let's take a brief intermission from the show imagine dear listeners a piece of art that does more than just decorate a wall visualize owning a limited edition print from the many faces a series that melds the beauty of the abstract and the allure with of the surreal each print is a conversation piece a slice of artistic wonder in your own home but what really elevates these prints they come with my personal signature and unique number making their authenticity and exclusivity a must and guess what indulging in this art won't empty your wallet starting from just five dollars for a four by six inch print are designed to be accessible fitting both your space and your budget to art enthusiasts collectors or anyone who cherishes one-of-a-kind pieces this is your moment transform your living space with a touch of artistic elegance head on over to inspireddisorder.com to select your exclusive limited edition prints today and now let's return to the show with that extra bit of inspiration but I do want to talk about spoilers, so if you don't want to be spoiled, this movie should be coming out in the next week or two um, to, I'm sure, limited release in theaters and probably streaming. Uh, but uh, 
so if you don't want to be spoiled, here's your moment to let you know to come back to this after you watch the movie, right? I want you to watch the whole movie and then come back and let's see if we're on the same page. <laughs> or you can talk shit in the, the comments. Uh, but spoilers from here on out. So you have so this movie starts, right? You have four guys on a hunting trip. We don't know they're on a hunting trip, but we find out. They're like driving this very clean brand new truck which thankfully one of the other characters mentions oh you're going hunting in your super clean new brand new truck um but very noticeable this truck and probably a line that was put in because they were able to get a new truck but they probably weren't allowed to get it dirty so it had to stay clean throughout the the shoot um so like, don't worry, we'll, you know, thanks for letting us use the, this truck, but, you know, we'll just add a line into it. And it's a, a snarky line that the cop says, I believe. Um, but they have, they're going on this trip and they accidentally, quote unquote, accidentally kill a woman. Now, the way this is shot, it's not shot horrible, but it's also like, I don't understand how four guys in a car that don't have any kind of, like, they're not playing off of each other. Like, you don't see these guys inside the truck, right? And if they were a group of really good friends, maybe they're throwing jabs, they're all joking around, not really paying attention to the to the road, right? They're goofing off because they're such good friends in this brand-new truck that they accidentally run into this woman. But these actors don't feel like they're those kinds of friends. Like, they feel like they're work associates that are going out with the boss to go hunting, right? To try and impress him or whatever, why he's trying to impress them. Whatever that dynamic. That's what it feels like. Which, throughout the rest of the movie, they don't have this bond <laughs> that, like, close friends goofing off in a truck on a hunting trip would accidentally run into this woman who's on this. She's like walking in the middle of a road in the middle of nowhere. And it's like, if you're driving a brand new truck, I would imagine the driver is paying attention to where he's driving and would probably see a, the one person walking in the road, but whatever, <laughs> it's just all for the setup. So they, they run into this movie, this movie, they run into this woman. I'm already like, okay, how did they not, whatever. It was, it was just it was get to the setup. Let's get this this party started, right? Uh, so they get out of the truck, and this is where I'm like, oh, they don't like they are like these are not like I don't know these are like empty vessels that I'm seeing these actors on screen, like they don't seem like friends. They're not taught. They're not communicating like friends. They're not acting like friends, right? Uh, they, so they decide, right? They decide to get the thing later. You see them after they get to the place, right? They decide to take the money. They decide to kill the cop, <laughs> uh, which is like the escalation of John throughout this movie is interesting. And again, like so many things, like maybe if he played it a little harder, if this movie just leaned into kind of the absurdity of some of the moments in this movie, uh, it could have been a, an interesting dark comedy. Like it's so close to just being a dark comedy. Uh, 
um, but it's played serious. Uh, they, you know, they kill this. Like, they don't even act like their biggest quandary is like, should we take this money? Not like we killed a woman. Like, that seems to be secondary to what's going on, that they killed this woman. It's like, well, should we take this money? Or And then a cop shows up. And the cop's acting really weird. And I'm like, okay, now is this just trying to understand what the story is like is this cop like is this woman like bad drug deal something and the cops in on it and he's trying to get this money back like he's a dirty cop or something he's acting like a dirty cop and it's escalates cop gets shot they're like okay well (laughs) we killed two people now we got to bury, like, we can take care of this cop body. We could bury this chick, and we could take off. We'll go to the cabin. We'll count the money and blah, blah, blah. Later on, you see them just chilling out, and they're kind of just casually talking about what they're going to tell their significant others. Like, you're not going to tell your significant others that you just killed two people. You killed a woman who was just happened to have a million dollars, and then you also killed the cop. Like, you're not... Like, I don't know what relationship, like, what kind of marriage you have. Maybe you would, I guess. If you've been with somebody for a long time, you got kids, whatever, and you would confess, like, hey, I got this money because of a crazy accident. And then, you know, John, right? <laughs> John, John went and killed the cop, too. So we were kind of all in at this point. Uh, but yeah, I don't know the way they they were talking about it was again, just another example of like, I'm not buying this friendship. Like, I don't, I don't know. They just, they, they're not acting like friends. They're not acting like they just killed two people and they have a million dollars or many millions of dollars, multiple millions of dollars. Uh, they not only do don't seem to be friends but they don't really seem to be like unique individuals necessarily like there's nothing like you you know you see a group of friends in life or in a movie there's the goofy one there's the serious one you got like the ninja turtles right archetypes right there's no archetypes within these characters aside from john is the only kind of archetype the other three guys are just kind of like people you know just kind of lifeless and empty uh then you see sydney who this guy has got a ton of character and i'm like okay it is big what this guy is doing as he's driving up slow motion shots of him smelling something because that's what sophisticated people do they smell things to ascertain their quality and this guy is smelling something to ascertain its quality just to kind of revel i mean he's already got whatever the thing is so it's like clearly he chose it so i don't know why he's smelling it again to chest it's just probably like pat himself on the back or maybe he's like you know like people that are into weed you know he's like a stoner he wasn't smelling any sweet nugs but it's the same kind of a thing you kind of smells so good smells so good Uh, But this guy's got a ton of character, interesting character, right? He's kind of got this sophistication to him, but he kind of also talks like he's like this streetwise thug guy, which is an interesting combination to have like this, you know, street level thug type of 
you know, vernacular cadence, but then with an air of sophistication, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's an interesting, just a very interesting character. Um, then you have the scene. This is where I was like, this is dumb. And also this would be so awesome as a dark comedy when they like the Sydney shows up, they have him surrounded with guns and he's like, you can shoot me. I don't care. Like I'm going to get that. I'm going to leave with that money, whether regardless of whatever you guys do. And they're like, do you like, and if you ask me if I have people here as backup, whatever I answer, you're not going to believe me. And if I answer this way, it doesn't matter. You're going to go check anyway. But so it's like, okay, he's calling out what they're going to do. Then, of course, they end up doing it. Doesn't believe him. And they're like, two guys are like, you guys go out and you go find his backup. And what I'm thinking is like, if this guy has backup with rifles and I would imagine some kind of scope on it and he sees two guys peel off and run into the woods where you as this sniper as backup are you going to let this person just come up and find you you can take them out at any point you're a snipe you see them coming in towards where you are they're like oh they're gonna come look for me in the woods well it's like i got him from you know 50 yards out so good luck buddy so just the idea that these two guys are going to go into the woods and somehow be able to get to these sniper backup people without the sniper backup people seeing them is mind-boggling so these guys go into the woods right it's like okay whatever they're into the woods and they clearly find just a random guy that's hunting. Like, this guy does not look like he's back up to this sophisticated money guy. Does not look like at all like he's associated with Sydney. Dude's wearing literally a ra raccoon hat with the face of the raccoon on the front of it. He looks like a tourist, really. <laughs> like, he's, he's a tourist out to go hunting, so he put his hunting costume on with a, a raccoon hat and maybe i guess that's what the backup would have as i don't know i mean there's ways to justify this but when they catch somebody that's clearly a hunter with a regular ass rifle like not even a scope on it not even like a military grade rifle of any kind just a regular bolt action rifle wearing his raccoon hat they chase him down and bring him back like they captured bin laden it it is like it, it like it's the moment where it's like this movie is is such a missed opportunity this could be like if this were a dark comedy then people going out into the woods thinking that they are going to somehow ambush a sniper and then coming across what is clearly just a regular joe hunter and bringing him back and treating him like he is the elite seal team six out to back up sydney it would play way better in a dark comedy 
because it is it is dumb to the level where it's laughable, but they're playing it serious. Just kind of a wasted opportunity, I would say. <laughs> uh, but uh, just I don't know. It, it's just it was it was a bummer. Um, you know, little different performances, whatever. Let or or make it seem like the person they capture is clearly not a hunter. Make that character more ambiguous. Whereas the audience, if you're watching it, you would be questioning. It's like, I don't know. Like, did they actually find backup or is this just a hunter? Like, give him a nicer rifle, but not like super nice. Give him like a, a, a hunting outfit, but make it look like maybe he's a professional as well. Right? Like, make it a little bit more ambiguous. And then that scene plays so much better. But you show up with this guy who's wearing like hunter, like he's wearing like a hunter costume from the Halloween store. And it's like, oh, I mean, this is hilarious that this is happening. But whatever. Right. Get rid of the raccoon hat. Give him a different gun. Make him not like, you know, make it seem more ambiguous. And then a lot of this, I mean, so much, like, so many people die, like, every time these, peop these people come in contact, like, first the woman, then the cop, then this hunter, who they go out to find, bring back, and they kill him. Like, every person that comes in contact or is even near them when they go out looking for somebody to kill, it's like just people are dying. And that's another aspect that could have been, like, if this were like a campy horror comedy then it'd be like yeah this group of guys going out to hunt but all of the things that they kill are just the people that they come across like these guys who are out there to hunt aren't actually killing any animals they just <laughs> they found some money so now they're just killing everybody and like all of these kills are so absurd like, they literally went out into the woods and just found somebody to kill, and they justified it being that, like, oh, he's out to give backup to this other guy. Like, th like this movie, given a couple tweaks, just could have been a hilarious dark comedy or, like, an action or, a, a, a co like, a campy horror comedy. Not really horror, like, th thriller comedy, I guess. But I do love... Again, I love the, this main character, Sydney. He just knows everything about them, which is like, I don't, it's just like so interesting. You're like part of it. So it's kind of two questions: like, how are these people going to all kill themselves? These hunter friends, these quote unquote friends uh, that are you know bound to happen. How is this all going to end for them? And then the big question is, who is this Sydney guy? And how does he know everything about people? <clears throat> uh, but because of that, we get John's past, which is another kind of moment where kind of uh, dark. This is dark comedy territory again. This is another moment where it's trying to show John is clearly somebody who's unstable but like, and it has a past and can kind of fly off the handlebars or whatever. 
But like the way this story is told by the character John compared to what we are seeing in the reenactments, they don't match up. And they don't match up in a way where if you highlight, you lean into it a little bit more, dark comedy. But we see John's past where he like meets a chick at the bar. They go back to his place. They have sex. And she wakes up and she's going to, she's looking through his wallet. She's like blackmailing him, threatening that if he doesn't pay her, then he's she's going to go to the police and say that he raped her. Which is an interesting kind of a premise but it just feels like there's a lot of holes in it <laughs> like i don't know if that can just that's i if i mean just like it's a it's a it's a it's a situation where it's like i don't know i like i don't buy that it would happen necessarily but regardless whatever john's telling this story right and right which you know no size not like they were having rough sex or anything there's nothing like leading up to that before she says that that would help her make her case in any way but in his story he says that they started going at it and things got heated and it was an accident and when you see the reenactment he's sitting on the couch the bed clearly angry she's got her back to him going through his wallet when he's like, we got heated, thing, you know, we started arguing, things got heated. They don't look like they're arguing. Things don't look heated. Like, clearly he's angry in that moment. And then he says it's an accident. And what you see is that he stands up, he grabs a bottle from the side of the bed, and he s smashes it in her head. Right? And that's when he said it was an accident. Like, it's like such a dark comedy moment because, like, that's so far from accidental and things weren't getting you just she just like clearly was trying to blackmail you You got angry and you decided to kill her with bottle is what happened and you're playing it off like oh we were kind of in the heat of the thing and things it was an act she accidentally died like that is a dark comedy kind of a thing i would say or you know could have been leaned into more to just show how even more detached he is from reality. Uh, and I thought that's where that story ended there. It's like, oh, like I got heated and I got angry and I smashed a bottle into her head. But then it cuts back to him still telling the story and it cuts back to him then seeing him having to dispose like him getting out his body disposal gear like almost as if to say oh not again like i killed another one like let's break out the body disposal gear and he's got it like laid out on his bed and then he goes to cut up the body it just seems like john has done this before and is so out of left field that it feels like it's comedic it feels comedic maybe if i saw this movie in a the theater this is a is a comedy thriller <laughs> like because you know, I wasn't laughing. I didn't think I was supposed to. I was just like, is this really? Is this like how they're writing? He's like, he's got a body disposal kit. And then he's going up to cut up her body in the, like. He, it, it's just, it's like, 
he this dude goes too far. Uh so they knock John out because clearly like they hear about his accidents in his past. He's already killed two people. I mean, he's already killed the cop and he's like kind of orchestrating, making sure Sydney gets tied up. Like John is the, the tip of the spear in this descent into madness, this kind of cancer. John is the cancer in this group. Um, so they knock him out and he wakes up, so you think, like, you have person that is losing it, right? In the situation, he's a threat to other people. He's a threat to us. Who knows who he's going to kill next, right? They knock him out, right, to protect themselves, to protect the situation from John flipping out. And you would think when John wakes up that maybe he'd be zip-tied in a chair, too. Or at the very least, locked into that same room with Sydney. But he is not at all none of those things. They just knocked him out and walked away and assumed that, like, oh, John will understand when he wakes up. We're not going to have to explain this to John at all. He's just going to wake up and be totally cool with the fact that we just knocked him out. So John wakes up, and he's like, oh, I'm walking out of here because I'm going to go get revenge and get this money that they're going to try and hide. And he just walks out. Like, he's clearly waking up, and he's like, I got it. Like, these people aren't going to let me get this money, and I need to get this money, and they're not going to do anything to stop me aside from knocking me out once. Okay, I got to take care of this now. Then, as John is leaving, right, he's going to track down Paul, who's going to go hide the money in the forest. You have Leonard, who's an interesting character, would have loved more of Leonard, would have loved more of any of these characters. Leonard comes out, and he just starts firing shots at John, who's walking away. And it's like, maybe you should have just zip-tied him up, and now you wouldn't be shooting at him. Like, sh like, th like, trying to kill him. And he shoots him. And again, they don't go and check to see if this guy is dead. Just as they, just like, they do a thing, and then they walk away. They wash their hands. It's like in the basement or whatever. We knocked them out. Let's just go figure this out somewhere else. Oh, Leonard shoots him. He went down. Must be good. Let's go walk away and do our own thing. Right? And, of course, he's not dead because he gets up later. Uh, I do love when Paul walks John through the bear traps. I was like, they set that up earlier when they were just going out to find this, <laughs> find Sydney's backup. So I enjoy that part. It's smart, <laughs> smart thing in this movie. Uh, was not expecting the money man, Sydney to get shot at all. And to be honest, I was far less expecting Sydney to wake the fuck up <laughs> from this headshot when like this was the moment where I was like oh what is this now when Sydney wakes up having a bloody bullet hole in his head I'm like oh this is a different movie this is something completely different what am I like this is the new question what movie am I watching right now blew me away 
is like, okay, here we go. Let's see what they do here. And at this moment, I'm like, this is unearned. Like, I don't know. The fact that this guy wakes up, it's like, wherever they go, he's an alien, he's a hallucination, he's, who knows? I'm like, this, they better explain this, like, better fit somehow. And it's not just this dude wakes up with a bullet in his head. Uh but then you have, you know, this end that just elevates this movie so much more, making the whole thing, like, when you find out that he's a vampire, which makes sense, okay, he didn't, he got shot in the head, he's not dead. But then they go back, and it makes sense now. This crazy character makes sense, not just a crazy character. When he goes and does the blood, it's like, oh, is this blood? And then he just, like, sucks his finger like he dipped it in chocolate sauce. Like, that's weird. When you saw that in the beginning, it was like, maybe this is just this character taking a swing. Who knows? Maybe he's really into blood. Who knows what it is? It totally makes sense now that we find out that he's like a vampire, right? Seeing how everything was set up, that, like, the woman who was murdered by the car was a vampire. I assume the cop is a vampire as well, and the cop is there to test the morality of these people and if they fail the test as these four friends did uh then you know they will get what's coming to them so like these are ethical vampire hunters they only hunt people that are morally bankrupt which is which is kind of sad these vampires are feeding off of people that are desperate for money who live in a country where capitalism is like slowly squeezing the life out of every single person making sure they get like record productivity without without paying them enough to like survive in the world and then finding a, a being like a big windfall of money and finally having an opportunity to get out of the massive debts that i'm sure they're all in and like this this hellscape of a of a reality that capitalism is it's kind of sad that these vampires are taking advantage of it but at least they're kind of finding those people who are morally <laughs> morally bankrupt in order to kill each other for it i don't know i i enjoyed how it was all set up you know his little comments about like he's an avid hunter himself uh you know makes it makes sense that he that that character sydney would be like have an air of sophistication but then also like you know maybe adopt some more modern day kind of street thug kind of uh thing to it i i don't know i really him sniffing the the blood the vial of blood when we first get introduced to him right all those things made sense his character made complete sense and then it became far less about these four friends that I don't believe are friends and far more about like, oh, they were all just bait. I'm like angry that the that the fly that's wrapped up in the, the spider's web isn't giving me I don't I don't know enough about the fly's backstory uh, when the movie's not about that fly. It's about the it's about the spiders that are about to consume their dinner. Um so yeah, when this when that twist comes, I was like, "Oh, that's pretty great. That's pretty great." Uh and I'm glad, you know, the clues were there. 
but I wrote a lot. I wrote a lot of those clues off as just like, oh, this is just unique writing. <laughs> like this is just they're doing unique things. I mean, I've already got the unique performances from the friends, but uh, you know, and they didn't really specify the cop was a vampire, but I assume that cop was a vampire. Um, and it would make sense that the cop shows up on cue, does the whole thing, do the morality check before we before we continue this whole charade, this whole extravagant charade that killed. I don't even know, like maybe if they didn't specify, but if that hunter was a vampire also, I don't think that hunter was. <laughs> I think that was just a poor dude that just wandered too close to a vampire's, uh, you know, dinner trap and uh, just got sucked in, uh, you know, collateral damage as it were. But it would if he was real and not a vampire, then it would I would assume eventually cops would start there would be investigations for this guy who lives there that went disappearing while he was hunting. They would investigate nearby areas and they would come across this vampire, you know, honeypot. I don't know. But the moment when Sydney wakes up with the bullet in his head, and that was the moment where I was like, this movie became ex exponentially more interesting. Whether he was a vampire or a hallucination or anything, it didn't matter. It was like, wow, this is a swing. <clears throat> it just it just injected this movie with a ton of life, even though you know they, they feed on death. Uh, the end of this movie does enough to, I would say, to justify the bulk of the movie that preceded it. You know, I still think if this movie leaned into being more of a dark comedy, it would have been great. Uh, watching this group of friends with, uh, you know, or if they changed and made, <laughs> if they'd made the characters a little bit more interesting, giving them some personality, uh, would have been nice as well. Um, you know, and then maybe doing those dumb things, it would have played better. I don't know. But anyway, you know, on its own, I did enjoy the film. Like, like I said, the beginning of this movie is something I would have been into my, in my 20s. And the end of this movie would have been like, oh, like if I was in my early 20s and I watched this movie... I'd be recommending it to everybody. It's like, dude, have you seen The Bad Shepherd? Oh, like a crazy twist, bro. You'll never guess it. You got to watch it, right? I'd be saying everybody because this twist is like crazy. Although knowing there's a twist is kind of a spoiler and I kind of feel bad. You don't know what the twist is until you see it and you might, you can't know. Like knowing there's a twist at the end of this, and you see, like, the one big clue is when he sucks the blood off of his finger like it's dipped it into a chocolate fountain, you know? Like, that's, like, something weird. There's a flag there. What's going on? And if you're taking this movie serious, then that might trigger you to, like, okay, well, what other thing is drinks blood, enjoys blood in that way? And then you would have been like, okay, that's why he doesn't seem... You know, it would make the it would make the 
his actions and what he says, not being worried about being killed. It would make all that make sense. And throughout the whole movie, you'd just be like, okay, how's this vamp? How's this going to add end badly for these people? Which I was thinking and waiting for anyway. And to see that it's, oh, they were also victims of a vampire, you know, trap. Uh, that's, I don't know. I, I really didn't enjoy it. And if I wasn't reviewing this film and just casually watching it, you know, I may not have made it to the end. <laughs> I, I may not have. I, you know, there wasn't that much where I was like, I'm like invested. Maybe when I started seeing things, I would have had to, this would have had to have been recommended to me and I would have watched it all the way through. Um, But I never would have made it to the end. Right? So it's thankfully for this the show i watch things to the end i try to watch things to the end in general but if i was just casually watching this movie and wasn't reviewing it then i don't know if i would waste my time on it i don't think i would have and i would have missed the end so thank you for uh <laughs> thank you for giving me access to this movie and thank you all who are listening for tuning in to my review of this movie and for tuning into the Ray Taylor Show, I do hope you enjoyed my thoughts on The Bad Shepherd. Don't forget to tune in on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for more movie and TV show reviews. And join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on YouTube.com slash Inspired Disorder where all these episodes are available in video format. Until next time, enjoy the show. Subscribe to The Ray Taylor Show on YouTube and everywhere podcasts are found. Binge the full week ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Purchase Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace out. Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.